I'm like, oh my God, there's so much going on. <laughs> I can hear you. Me too. Me too. My phone is like low battery alert. I'm like, oh no, but I have my charger right here. So it's all good. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much for being my special guest today and uh, to, you know, carve out that time out of your busy schedule to be with us uh, here today. Thank you for having me on this amazing platform with your incredible woman. I'm so honored and blessed to be here with you. Oh, thank you so much. All right. So let me get right into this. So can you share for those who are watching a little bit about your experience so far with VIP membership. I know you just joined. So like from a new VIP year, can you give a little bit of a glimpse of what it's like on the inside? Yeah. So for anyone that's thinking about becoming a VIP member, Christina's amazing. She has this incredible platform that she shares with everyone. Um, I'm excited because I get to go live. I'll be going live every Thursday now just because Wendy got booked up with something else so I get to go live every Thursday how often you want to go and share what I love to do and that's channeling and bringing people messages especially women messages because we've been so compressed lately it's time to expand ourselves so for things just that platform and then I'm here having this conversation with her right now and then all those networking events, I've never met anyone that has more networking events than Toronto Professional Women Meetup. I mean, I think there's five online and one in person. So get that know, like, and trust. There is truly what it's all about on your platform. So I'm so blessed to be here and to share everything with, with your group and your community. Uh Oh, thank you so much, Zach. I'm so honored to have you here. And for anyone watching, drop your questions down below for Zach. Uh, any if anything comes to mind, uh, just share it with us here. Um, so I'm going to get into the right the first question for you, Zach. So can you tell us you achieve your success? Sorry, repeat that again. Oh, how do you achieve your success? Oh, you know what? I love this question because success is so different for every from everyone else. And I remember Bob Marley had a quote: "Success is not how much money you have in the bank." And it's so true because success for me was getting up in the morning and not feeling depressed. Success was not wanting to pull out my eyeballs um, when I was going through the hard times, when I was fighting my inner demons, when I was going through that. Yeah, I had all the money in the world of the bank account, but that didn't make me happy. See, what mm -hmm. made me happy is me owning who I am. And that was success for me is getting up in the morning showing up in your true authentic self, whichever which way that is without judgment. So I measure success totally different. Like I said, I'm one of those Bob Marley people that it's not a money that you have in your account because money brings you conveniences. It doesn't bring you happiness because if it brought you happiness, we wouldn't have so much suicide in the higher level people mm -hmm. up there. So success um, is a lot of work that I went through to find my happiness, to be in control of my emotions, to recognize what I need to do on a daily basis to thrive from wherever I am. So that to me is success. It's so true. They say that saying money doesn't buy happiness. Yeah, but it does buy conveniences. And it does also buy, you know, glamorous stuff if you're into that thing. So I have nothing against money as a spiritual person. I know a lot of people have this spiritual um, misconduct when it comes to money. I think we're all on this earth plane to thrive. I think that if we earn money the right way, the the noble way, God brings us money so that we could share with the less fortunate and put food in people's mouths that maybe we, you know, 
they don't have the opportunity to do it for themselves. So there's there's a lot around money that we have to heal more than think that it's going to bring me happiness. The only thing that's going to bring you happiness is yourself. Absolutely. And I was watching one of your lives in the group uh, the other day, and you were talking about life riches. Mm, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, that was so powerful. Do you want to share a little bit about that with us today? Yeah, I learned this because I love going into so-called third world countries. And and the reason I do that is I go a lot into these places and I don't hang out where the tourist attractions are. I like going where there's tin roofs, whether people are living in a box and having these conversations and seeing the level of happiness that they're at. And I always found that every time I walked into someone's community that lived in a tin roof or didn't, have an, didn't know where they were going to get their next meal from, they had life's riches. They had community. They had laughter. They found things to do with whatever was present to them, which got me thinking like, here you are, you have money in your bank account, but yet you're miserable. And that's why I say money does not equal success to me. Success is happiness to me. Success is waking up in the morning, feeling like I'm ready to take my day. So when I would go to these places, I would go with luggages because I knew people. I spent a lot of time in the Dominican, so I would go there every three months with a luggage full of for people. And they'd say, oh, bring this here again, right? What does she bring us this time? And it would be so amazing that I had I would give them one ball, but six children would enjoy that one ball, right? Because it wasn't a my, 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 they learned in a community that they all work together to help each other thrive. And then from that point on, whoever thrives the most still shares in their community. And so I found that life's riches are more important than the so-called um, manufactured success that people want to imprint in your mind. And that's exactly what it is. They tell you at school, you know, the way of life. I think it's so ass backwards in my eyes. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are backwards. And it's I think it's all like in how you see it too, right? And I think for some of us, like, for example, myself growing up, I didn't have anything like growing up. I didn't have like I didn't grow up with money. So it just went I had the hard way growing up. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, now what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. Now it's all but now what's next, right? Because we're always trying to find that high that we're looking for always 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 looking for that high so really what is that high that we're always trying to chase i come down to it that it's happiness really at the end of the i really come down to this is all about happiness this has nothing to do with money this has nothing to do with anything else other than how happy can i be in whatever state or situation that i'm yeah yeah, that's true. And, and it doesn't matter how much you make because some people make the most money, they blow it all. Like it just, it's like, it's, they don't even have money, but they're making the money. Yeah. A financial literacy 101, something that everyone should learn in school, right? Yeah. And that's something we're not taught, right? In school. So it's just like, we need to be taught these things. <laughs> so true. So the things that we should be learning in school is, is not what they're teaching us because they, there's a different agenda in the school. I won't even go there. But the thing is, is that, you know, even in our household, we can't learn it because our parents may not be knowledgeable in that sense. So we really have to tap into our importance in life. And really, there are so many resources out there that I believe if you want to be wealthy, there's ways of being wealthy. But first, be happy because your wealth is not going to fill in that void. 
Yes, exactly. It's so important. Okay. So I'm curious, Zach, how long have you been um, doing this energy work for? And what were you doing before that? And share some of your wins. What what are the biggest wins in your career? Oh, what have I been? I've been doing this since I was a young child. Um, And the thing is this, I was doing this as a young child, but I was just doing it for fun. I was just doing it to trip out people. I, I tell people things and be like, how do you know? And I'm like, because I know everything. So I was just doing it for fun. And then it kind of got to the point where I would leave my house because it was like, okay, I got my friends. They're not interested in being tra- tripped out anymore. I did everywhere else. So then I would uh, go onto the streets and just start talking to strangers. I'd, I'd hear go into that shop. There's someone I want you to talk to. I'd start talking to people in shops about their, their loved ones that have crossed over and giving messages. I've hunt strangers. I've had strangers cry on my shoulder. I've done it all because I just love watching people overcome the struggle of literally not allowing their truth to come out. And yes, there's a lot of suffering in this world. And when we lose also a loved one, it takes a lot of time for us to heal. Mm. But the beautiful part is that we're always in contact with our loved ones. So I've been doing this since, like I said, like a young child, three years old, tripping people out. Then I would just do it for fun. And then uh, before I did this as a career, 10 years now, I started at 40, 39, 40. Um, I was in colon hydrotherapy. So I was a colon hydrotherapist and I literally would clean fecal matter out of people. What? But that was right. When I tell people you're full of shit, literally don't <laughs> tell them you're shit. Like seriously. So I've always had interesting careers because I always felt life was interesting, but we weren't taught how to heal our body. And 25 years ago, when I went through my cancer, the first thing I did was heal my gut, my gut, and then start looking at food. Food is thy medicine. Medicine is thy food. It's not what's at your pharmaceutical company. It's not what's making them money and making you more sick, though I won't get into that either. But it's really about tapping into ourselves. So I got into this um, from a young age. And then as life went on and I had my colon hydrotherapy clinic, I used to laugh about it because I'd be like, I'm in the back door of my spiritual truth of who I am. Because people used to hold on to so much crap in their body that they were so out of tune with who they were and their truth. So when they got a colonic and we start clearing energy, what I would notice people's energy frequency would just like be so huge. Like it would just, I would be blown out from how they walked in here to how they walked out of here mm-hmm. and so on for I think I did colon hydrotherapy for four years five years and then I had a client come in she says you don't belong here and I looked at her and I said what she goes you don't belong here and I said okay Einstein I, I she's like hurry up with the message because you're trying I know you're telling me something but I've been tapping into it and I just want to know what you have to say she goes, you need to go take this workshop. And I was like, okay, I need to go take this workshop. But what is this lady really talking about? But in the meantime, while she was telling me this, I had someone else come to me and say, Zach, like, I don't know what you do to me energetically when I come in here, but things shift. And it's not only the shit that you take out of me, but something else happens. And I just keep on laughing because no one knows that what I was doing. I was actually doing energy work as I was cleaning fecal matter at the same time. And so I had people go to other colon hydrotherapists and come back to me and be like, well, you know what? I go, oh, so you cheated on me, but you're back because no one does it as good as I do, right? They would laugh. We would laugh about things like that. So I'm 
from being a colon hydrotherapist, which I called it the back door of my spirituality, literally the back door of my yeah, right? <laughs> and then from there, I went into just being doing, doing energy work. I am also a certified nutritionist, a colon hydrotherapist, a personal trainer. So I've done everything to do with the mind, body, spirit since I was young. I had a lot of things to do with business. I started my first business when I was what I think like 10 or 12 years old. I had my first concession stand in the beaches when I was 13 years old. So I've done business for a very long time as well. But this is all just following my spirit, following my tuition, understanding things and really seeing energetically where people are. So I left the colon hydrotherapy business and walked into spiritual business, but it didn't happen that easy. I wish I could say it happened that easy. It was me sitting at my desk wondering why people came in and paid me thousands of dollars and no one showed up for their colon hydrotherapy session. And and me wondering, like, what is wrong? Like, what is, why aren't these people showing up? And I researched myself. There was nothing bad on, on the press about me. And I was literally, you know, they say God will prepare you for the, for the storm. Well, God prepared me for that storm by people just paying me never showing up for their sessions. And I sat at my desk for two months wondering what is next, what is next. And I would always have these awakening moments. You have to get into your spiritual work. You have to get. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I, I, that was just a fun thing to do. It's not something I want to do. But one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. I said, fine, I'm going to do the spiritual work, but I'm not telling anyone I'm doing that. I'm going to just tell people I'm a nutritionist. <laughs> And the right people who know that I'm bullshitting will be my clients type of a thing. So I did that for about seven years. I didn't tell anyone what I did for work, but people would be like, you know what? I had a dream that you're going to lie to me and you lied to me. So if I'm like, okay, so you're the person I'm supposed to work with. So it was one of those things. So from colon hydrotherapy, I went to spiritual work and I've been doing this for the last nine years, really. Oh, wow. Nine years. Yeah. That's a long, every time I talk to you, there's always something new that I learn about you. Like there's so much that you've done and I'm surprised every time. <laughs> yes, I've done a lot. But the thing is, the reason I've done so much is because I felt like I was always learning and I was learning and people used to give me a lot of constructive criticism. The exact don't take this the wrong way. And I'm like, nope, give it to me. Tell me, you know, what you think is wrong and why you think it's wrong. So I used to get a lot of constructive criticism where kids these days didn't, wouldn't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. But I think the best way to learn is through constructive criticism. And sometimes people just like to give you their opinion. So take what you want from the conversation and leave the rest on the table and go. So I always, and I, I used to read a lot. I would read tons of books. Like I don't even know. People always always catch me with a book. I'm like, what are you reading now? And I'm like, oh, I don't know this you got to know about that so and and through that I always wanted to get a job that I could put what I learned in the book into action and that's something that I've always done always done so I always had three or four jobs at a time mm-hmm. and it's fun for doing spiritual work this is all I was doing and I would fall bored and I'm like okay there's already so much I want to tell people there's only so could do like I have to figure something else out and you and I've had this conversation off camera but there was so many other things that I was just like, okay, I got to get into the things that I was curious about. We followed a little bit. See. Not to be like doing my spiritual work right now, but I'm also doing other things that bring happiness when I kind of master. Like I always like to say I master my stuff before I could teach it. 
because I think it's really important that we do empower one another because women are so easy to short. It's that. Mm -hmm. That really souls us true in who we are. And, and I believe as women, when we each other up, I don't care if someone says, oh, she's bad vibes. I can't stand that at all. Oh, well, maybe she's going through a vibe that she can't control, right? So I'm not about the positive vibe stuff. I'm all about the living in your truth stuff. I love that. So true. Um, not everybody's going to vibe with, with us, right? And it's just, uh, yeah. And then people also have their own two cents to add to things too, right? And it's, you can listen to it, but it's ultimately up to you what you're going to do with what it is that they said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally, that totally resonates with me. All right. So I'm going to ask you some more specific questions about um, soul activation. So can you explain what that is and why it's important? Well, we are a soul. We are a spirit. That's who we are. Once this body goes back to the earth, we are still left with our soul. So soul activation is something that we've come to this earth, we've taken residence in this body, but what happens as we have roamed from child to toddler to teen to adult, we have put all these imprints and beliefs and false narratives inside of us and not always our own, but our parents, media, school, teachers, friends, everybody. So literally shrink ourselves into not being authentically who we are. So soul activation is a process that I take women through that really allows them to vibrate from a new frequency to recognize that everything that you've been telling yourself isn't the truth of who you are. And you've been neglecting your own truth to make other people feel comfortable. And when we the soul activation there's women that feel like they weren't in the right marriage well they know that already because they've been wanting to get divorced for the five five six years right or they're not in the right career ready to start their entrepreneurship because they were always taught for to have stability and to have an income and to not take these chances because we want to be sure of everything that you know they want to teach us so that is, if that's not who you spirit would just shrink and shrink and shrink. And then next thing you know, you're left with sadness. You feel like there's an empty void inside of you. You feel like you're always over giving and you don't feel stimulated by receiving. So there's all these different things, but soul active by letting go of all the limitations, the narrative, the patterns, the beliefs that haven't been imprinted by you, but by other people onto you. It's you basically breaking free and allowing yourself to walk free in this world that we should be free in. We won't go there either. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> absolutely beautiful. I just think that applies to absolutely everyone. <laughs> basically, yes. Yes, all of us. All of us. Yeah. Wow, that's really deep. Like it even... Our ancestors too, right? Like it goes back generations. Yes. I remember, I remember I was about 
seven years ago. So I did I did my own research about myself because I had spiritual teachers tell me, you don't know who you are. You have no idea. And I'm like, no, I don't know who I am. Why don't you guys just like bring light to me? And they said, one day you'll figure it out. So I did research on myself for seven years to figure out who I was, where I came from, my ancestors, my spiritual um, bloodline type of a thing, not my human blood, but my spiritual DNA. And I learned so much about myself to the point it scared me. It scared me so much because all like in past life, I do a lot of past life regression with my clients as well. In my past life, I saw who I am, but I also saw me burnt to the stake, uh, murdered a few times. And that's why I was wondering why those fears were coming in this lifetime. I you know all the time I would speak to women, they would come to me. I was wondering, why do I feel like someone's about to shoot me? And I would close my curtains and the you know my client be like is everything okay i'm like did you tell did does anyone know where you're at and they're like no and i'm like i'm a little paranoid of getting killed like your husband doesn't know where you're at no no one knows anyone I'm like okay cool and then i was wondering why i was acting so like irrational like what's gonna happen so i started doing my past life regression i didn't start studying myself i realized why i was terrified of getting killed and murdered because it happened to me so many times in the past life but I also saw where I came from in a past life. And it's just about recycling that and coming into this lifetime. But I remember my ancestors came to me and they said to me, you have some big shoes to fill. And all I did was cry for like 25 minutes. I said, why you guys leave all this to me? And they said, because we needed someone to finish it off. And we know that you're the person, but we're with you. So your ancestors never leave you. They're always watching over you. They're pushing you. They're they're doing all these things. And I remember I was crying. And I said, they said, okay, we won't come on to you so hard or heavy, but we want you to finish off what you need to do in order to get to X, Y, and Z. And there's a lot more that I can talk to you about this. But um, so, so then I was like, okay. And it still took me two years to really tap into that and be like, okay, I feel comfortable now showing up in the way you guys want me to show up. I feel comfortable saying this. I feel comfortable saying that. And they said, okay, perfect. This is exactly where we wanted to get you because it's going to be really uncomfortable. But now you're at the point where you just laugh at people. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And now I get what they mean by laughing at people because I'm not laughing at anyone. I'm just laughing at the reaction people give me and they think I'm going to react to something. But I'm just like, whatever, right? You're just that whatever stage because you've been through hell and back. You've studied yourself. Does, has anyone studied themselves for seven to nine years to see where they came from, why they have this? And I guarantee you they haven't. I mean, people do some spiritual work and within three days are like, this is too hard. <laughs> well, can stay in that marriage and stay in that dead end career and stay with that misery that you're all doing if it's too hard, right? <laughs> so that's what it really comes down to at the end of the day. Like, what is, how much, how important is it to you? So it was really important to me because I've been able to do it since I was a young child. So like, really, who am I? And, you know, what I know what my purpose could be in this world. I mean, I've done a lot of things purposefully, but like, what is all this? And when I learned all that, it was like, okay, now I get it. Our ancestors are always behind us. Not only your bloodline, but your spiritual DNA. That's the more powerful side of it all. So, wow, I'm learning so much and I have so many questions in my mind. <laughs> Yeah, that's cute. Um, but 
along those lines, can you share kind of like what steps we can take to kind of shift from that feeling drained, stressed, or just even uncertain to having more agency over our actions and like our responses? Yeah, get rid of the BS out of your life. That's the easiest thing to say, right? Like, get rid of the bullshit. When I say get rid of the bullshit, get rid of the naysayers, get rid of the gossipers, get rid of the judgment people. Like, at the end of the day, someone's judging someone else behind their back. Know that they're judging you behind your back. Yeah, I, exactly. No, it's true. I remember That's- a friend of mine, she was talking to me about her so-called best friend. And I said, if you're talking to me about your so-called best friend like that, like, what are you saying behind my back? And she just looked at me and I said, I know you're talking shit. I could feel it. I know the energy. I feel energy when people think about me, talk about me, anything. I could feel it. And don't forget, I have a lot of people out there working that saying, hey, so-and-so is talking about you. Like, watch that or something will be brought to my awareness. So if if people are judging others, know that they're judging you. So get rid of all that noise, right? Get rid of what does it make you happy? And it's be like, well, my husband doesn't make me happy, but I got to stay in the marriage because I, you know, how about the money and how about the kids? Well, how about if you're teaching your kids these traits that it's okay for your husband or for you to be treated like this or how you're treating your husband? So you really got to put life into perspective. Like, what are we teaching our children? And this is something I work with a lot of women going through divorce. I help a lot of women going through a lot of difficult situations. And I always say, I'm not here to to help you guys. I'm here to be a voice for your children. So I'm going to take care of the kids and then I'm going to deal with the adults. And every single person says to me, how did you know my kids were struggling? And I said, because I feel it in your energy frequency. And so that's the whole thing, right? Like we have to get rid of the things that are literally bringing us anger or questioning ourselves or bring keeping us compacted and, and, and compressed because we're not made to be compacted and compressed individuals and humans, especially women. Women were manifestors, we're expansive. We literally are here for a man to ground us and us to be out there and be that fairy to bring the goodness to our spouse, to bring the goodness to the family, right? So if you want to get out of that, you really have to kick everyone else off that pedestal and put yourself on that pedestal. And now say to yourself, what is important to me? What is important to me? How do I want to feel? What makes me happy? Because at the end of the day, people are avoiding that because they know what makes me happy is not to be in this marriage anymore. What makes me happy is to get rid of this job and to do this. But now the fear of the unknown shows up. Well, how about if it's the excitement of the future rather than the fear of the unknown? It has the same vibrational frequency in our body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of the saying, this is so random, but happy wife, happy life? What's that? Who would all say that saying? <laughs> It is the most bullshit saying in the world. I When I hear people say that, I cringe. I'm like, no, it's not happy wife, happy life. Because you're, you, honey, will be miserable all your life. How about we communicate and bring happiness to one another? Mm-hmm. Right? Happy wife, happy life thing. Like, take your head out of your asshole and our reality. I can't, when I see that, when I, I cringe when I hear that. Because so so it's okay for your husband to be miserable, but as long as he makes you happy, you can make him miserable. Like, come on now. Where's the communication there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Middle there. Where is the where is the let's do this together? Where's the union? Where's the unity? Where's the oneness there? But I'm mm-hmm. gonna to my irrational wife that literally don't even get me started on that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, 
so important. I know in my relationship right now, it's it's really tough to communicate with two littles running around needing our attention all the time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's why you add those children because communication should be even better when you have kids because now you have to communicate about other children or other beings that really are not able to communicate for themselves yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're um, my six year old right now. He has a lot of questions, like literally question after question after question after question. And it's like, okay, well, you take a deep breath. I can answer these like and I answer like I answer all his questions. But my husband's really good at giving a really, really long answer so that he has like he can't ask his next question because he's given him such a long answer. He couldn't say anything. <laughs> Well, maybe that's a good way of just avoiding all those questions. <laughs> he does it, and I'm like, I'm just laughing inside. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't have that skill. Like, I can't do it. I, I, I give brief answers. I'm just straight to the point. This is the answer to your question, and then you know, he gives you the next question. This is the answer to your question. Oh, so cute. But hey, they're curious, and that you know what, you could learn from your child in that sense, right? Because at the end of the day. We stop asking questions because we're too embarrassed if we're if we sound stupid or if the question's done. You know, I sometimes I read this. This might I'm in the course right now, and it says this question might be stupid. Well, why is the question? Why are you even starting it off like that? Saying this question may be stupid, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that your kids are curious, and as adults, we need to get more curious and stop thinking that we know everything. Mm-hmm exactly it's so true it's so true i'm like the things that my kids know i'm just blown away i'm like how i didn't teach you that but they're in school now so like i guess they pick things up at school and yeah today actually they're on their first field trip like ever and um both of them together on the same field trip so that's cool and they're on a school bus for the first time today too so i'm excited for them oh Oh, I can't. I would ask them the most questions now after school. <laughs> oh, I, I'm like, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions when you get home. And I said, be safe from just, you know, the crazy world that we're in now. They're on a field trip. So just like I told them the whole don't don't talk to strangers. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're, we're, I think I think as adults, we need to teach our kids conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. So when, when my niece was living with me for the first 10 years of her life, I had her. I was so blessed to have her with me because now she's a teenager and I don't even see her. And I used to take her out to the mall and I used to be like, OK, tell me about that person. Over there. Tell me what you feel with them. Mm-hmm. Well, they look happy. And I'm like, I'm not asking you what they look like. I'm asking you to feel what they feel like. Mm-hmm. And she I. Now go deeper beyond what they what they what you see with your eyes. Go with your heart. Feel that. And she'd say, "Oh, she feels sad." I'm like, "You're right. She feels sad." And so then I would go, "Okay, now we're going to move to another part of the mall." And I would say, "What do you feel that person feels like there?" Oh, they feel like they seem happy and they seem funny. And I'd say, "Oh yeah, okay. So we're on the same. So yeah, you're right." And so then when my neighborhood, I found out a few years ago that there's a lot of pedophiles that are in halfway houses here and I lost my shit. And uh, so I gathered the neighborhood kids up and I said, hey, I've got to teach you guys how to read energy, how to feel energy, because this area doesn't feel very kind of safe to me. But if you guys, when you guys learn this, you'll be able to get through whatever you get through. And uh, 
one day my niece calls me and she says, I'm going to go to the park with her friend. And I said, okay. And she goes, and don't worry. I know what you taught me type of a thing. I said, yeah, I, oh, I taught you guys. It's just a matter of you guys learning it in depth. And both my friend and my friend's son does the same thing. He's like, oh, I don't like the way that feels or and he'll just ignore it. And then my niece was out with her friend and she, I guess her head turned and this happened to her quite a few times. And so there was a strange man all of a sudden that I brought to my view sitting in the car watching the playground. And I said, what'd you do? She goes, she goes, I felt it was just weird. And so we laughed. So I think if we teach our kids how to tap into this energy that we all are, yeah, send them another way of to use their intuition, right? So they're just, now I just taught them how to use their intuition in a class, like, a brief hour in my house. I get on the couch. Let's talk about this. Right? <laughs> and that really, that really helped them. Right? I used to take my niece to the mall and get her to feel their people's energies. And I'd say, okay, now this is what you're going to do. And I teach her all these things. So I feel good that she's just on her own. Cause she'll say to me like, oh, I feel that person's so angry. I don't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That example of people in the park, like I pick up on that real quick. I'm like, that's not right that's not right at all like that's not sitting with me and my husband's looking at me like I'm crazy I'm like do you like do you see this <laughs> yeah 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 and that that's the thing right especially in the park I like I I used to go sit in the park with my niece all the time and I'd be like these kids are the great and greatest teachers mm-hmm. the great I, I mean I could talk about the whole park with them hours because of how amazing kids are and how they could teach adults so much but adults are too focused on their phone when they're in the park rather than focus on their kids and that's a scary thing yeah that is very scary like even like when you're in a parking lot say too like shouldn't be on your phone when you're with your kids like it's just not the right place yeah (laughs) that thing away absolutely Yeah, yeah yeah okay so um we're going to wrap this up. So I just wanted to ask you, though, before we wrap this up, what the biggest lesson you've learned in all these years in your practice um, that you want everybody to walk away with today? Hmm. Well, it's funny that before you even finish the question, I kept on hearing you do me, you do you, I'll do me. In other words, don't worry about what people think about you. Don't worry about what people say about you. Don't give too much energy onto others especially about judgments on yourself or don't create your own judgments on yourself focus on you focus on what you want to create focus on how you want to tell and if someone has anything negative or anything to say about you that's a you problem not a me problem so that's what it really comes down to at the end of the day because the only people that are focusing on you and the only people that are speaking about you are the ones that have too much time on their hands the ones that are busy focusing on their life, focusing on what they want to create, they don't have time for gossiping. They don't have time for all that. So you're dealing with small-minded humans and giving your energy to small-minded humans. So you do you all do me. Have a good day. Yeah. And I think like there's a part of us that can feel guilty for letting go of someone just like, okay, like out, right? But it's necessary. Like it's, we should I, I found like I'm turning 40 in a few days and I, I like as I get older, it's just like 
okay, like, I just don't have time for this energy, like, at all. Like, and it just, you see it, like, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wish I did it. I, I, I mean, I caught wind of this when I was in my teens, but because every time I would make a, a radical, and I'm putting that in quotes, because back then was a radical move to be making back in, like, the early 90s of talking to spirits and stuff like that. So I stuck in the bullshit for so many years and I got I got stuck in there for a long time. And it was about 46 years old when I hit 46, but 50 now. I just look. That's why Spirit said my answer said, you're going to look at people and laugh because now at 50, I just turned 50. I'm just like, I don't even like, I don't even want to waste saying it. Like, I just don't have it in me at all. Like my eye might, my eyes might give you some information about what my brain is thinking, but my voice is not going to come out. Oh, yeah. Like it's just energy, right? You're, you're preserving your own energy. Yeah. And that you just don't have time for that. Like I have no problems cutting people out of my life. And I started that at 45 years old mm -hmm. and family members, friends, I didn't care who it was. I'm like, nope, don't want it. Nope. Don't want it. Nope. And then people will come back into your life. Like it really, like sometimes you feel like you're not like you're up on a pedestal, but sometimes energetically you're at a higher level and people are down here and you can't handle that, that gap. But once they catch up to you, you might be connected with them again, right? Or you may not be connected with them again, or you may have a different relationship because people grow. If you have a growth mindset, you may come into contact with people, but if you don't, if they don't have a growth mindset, then you know, everyone's at their at their level of where they want to be. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to, to be networking and always meeting new people, because it always gives you that new perspective, too, when you meet someone new. It's like, oh, I didn't see it that way. Now I do. <laughs> and again, yeah. And say, absolutely. And that's the thing, like, even like at an older age to meet people is a little difficult, too. And I realized why people were saying this. I'm very much an introvert. I've been very happily living on my own <laughs> in my own state many years type of the thing. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of people that need to be around others all the time, but you have to find that time for yourself, I think, and to really be able to decompress and to reflect and review and all that. So networking is great, but to to find deeper, meaningful relationship, that takes time. Yeah, the deep, the deeper, yeah, the relationships. Uh, that that's a whole other thing. Is yeah, yeah. We gotta preserve. You know, we. I'm the same way. Like I, I host these networking events, but then when I'm not, I'm like in my show. <laughs> <laughs> like I need to come back with that energy, right? Like, and I can't be always give, 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 give. I, I, yeah, absolutely. You got to gotta conserve your energy for the right things, the right people, the right journeys, yeah. the right situation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So how do we stay in touch with you? And is there anything else you wanted to share that we didn't cover here? I know you've got um, an event happening up in Unionville soon. So did you want to share a little bit about that? Sure. I have an event called Messages from the Other Side. Hearing beyond your loved ones. This is when I connect to your higher consciousness, your spirit guides, Christ consciousness, um, and really bring you messages of clarity, of um, renewals, the word that I'm getting, revitalization, and really tapping into something that you feel you may have heard on the side burner just because you wanted to make way for something else. So, whatever it is, 
and your spirit wants you to know your Christ consciousness wants you to know I'll bring you those messages that's why it's beyond hearing from your loved ones because sometimes your loved ones don't come in at a higher frequency depending on where they are on their healing journey on the other side so I like them to come up to my frequency so that's genuine uh, sorry June 2nd I don't know why I'm saying January June 2nd 6 30 to 9 30 at Unionville train station I could put the link in here if you're interested in getting a ticket or you could find it also in the Toronto Professional Women's Facebook page as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a group called the Bold, Fierce, Unstoppable Inner Circle. And that's a membership uh, group that I have over there. And there's between five and seven um, events that we do a month for meditations to workshops, to discussions, to everything in between. I'm opening up the Queen's uh, Palace right now. And then the Empress's Empire, we add the business and all that stuff in there. So right now the Queen's Palace is open mm-hmm. and uh, that's about it for now. So people can reach me here on Instagram. I'm typically on here a little more or again, yes, you club.com. That's old, fierce, unstoppable club.com. I love it. Oh my goodness. And I'll be there on the, on, in June, the event in June, you said third, right? June 2nd, June 2nd, the Friday, June 2nd. Yeah. Friday. That's perfect. The Friday um after work so that that'll be good i'm excited for it it's gonna be good i'm excited to see the vibe in the room and it's incredible because unionville such a beautiful little town here in markham area so it's good right afterwards you don't i mean it's a it'll be a beautiful day being june 2nd so you can walk around and stuff like that as well in the little town well it's like a little i don't know what to call it <laughs> it's like a little spot that everyone goes to for coffee and ice cream and walking around and stuff like that oh they have restaurants there yeah oh oh, beautiful i just i looked it up on the map it's a 30 minute drive from uh whitby so not bad yeah it's not that far and it's like uh what do they call it highway seven have you ever driven on highway seven you take it it's a nice drive like countryside you know it's very chill that's the route i'm gonna take (laughs) Oh, so yeah, it's not that far from here. It's not that far from here. It's it's central, I think. Well, not really central. It's north central. <laughs> if you got no, it's great. It's great. Train station setting. So like the vibe and the environment in there. I remember when I first walked in here, I was like, oh my god, I feel like I'm gonna connect with the ancients of this place. So it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. Did I tell you that like my, my place used to be uh, the train station in Whippy in the 1800s? <laughs> No way. That's crazy. Uh, I need you to come by sometime and, uh, you know, cleanse this house. There's a lot of history. (laughs) That's incredible. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. But honestly, I don't feel like there's any anything haunted or anything in here like at all. So, like, I got lucky, I think. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) absolutely. Well, it was such an honor to have you here, Zach. Thank you so much for your time. I had so much fun. Thank you so much, Christine, for having me here. And thank you for this platform and your community, the growing community. Yeah. And I look forward to doing my lives with everyone and and meeting people in person and just getting to know everyone on a more intimate level. Thank you so much. Thank you, Zach. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. And I hope you have a great day. Okay, bye. bye. But I don't want it. But I don't want it. But I don't want it. But I don't want it.
Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join the ranks of inspiring women making waves on this series or learn more about becoming a VIP member with us, head over to torontoprofessionalwomen.com and get ready to take your career journey up a notch.